Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patekna alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Andrew Ivins. Today is Wednesday, October 11th, which means tomorrow, sometime tomorrow, midday tomorrow is what I hear from our sources. We will have a 2024 Top 247 update. And before we discuss that, Drew, I got to ask the all-important question. As your friend and as a colleague... I got to get a mental wellness check. How you doing, Drew? It's a stressful time of the year. Every time we get into the, uh, I would say, top 247 update season, just checking on you. How you doing, bud? I got to check the stress level on the uh, on the good old Garmin watch. I'm doing good right now. I uh, PR'd my, my two-mile run last night, so uh, that was a, uh, I don't know, had me in a good mental space as I dug into the tape late late into the night. For those of you who don't know what PR means, that means personal record. Drew, <laughs> what was the personal record for the two-mile run? I don't know. It's 13-something. I, 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 I go to a run club every Tuesday night, um, you know, just run through Fort Lauderdale. So I don't actually have the number in front of me, but the, the Garmin app hooked it up. Hey, could, we need to point out that we are dealing – with some production issues, correct? We're, tr- we're in a transition period. I'm sure this makes our friend producer Lance Glenn very happy. I'm sure he's still listening to the show. We are in a transition period. So if you listened to the show yesterday, you're an avid listener, and you said, hey, there's no intro music. Hey, there, there's not as many ads, which might be a good thing. Hey, there might be some audio issues. Boys are going through it right now. We're learning on the fly, right? So we're waiting for our next producer, which should be soon. But in the meantime... Just raw, uncut Oyster Boys audio, just like the old days, right, Drew? So we're back at it, man. Um, Drew, before we get into a couple of topics today, which are all going to be centered around tomorrow's release, any context or pretext before we have this conversation on kind of what goes into this update, what we're looking for? Is it tweaks? Is it wholesale changes? You know, I, I, I feel like this is... It's good to give a, a little bit of an educational piece before we dive right into it. Yeah, I mean, Cooper, we've talked about it on this podcast. We've talked about it on the Cover 3 podcast, which we were on earlier in the week. I mean, senior seasons are so important, so vital. So I think the idea coming into this update was we're going to have a good idea with a lot of these guys, they've played five, six, seven games, depending on where they're located in the country. So we are, 
you know, adjusting to what we've seen, right? I think we came out of the summer months. Maybe we felt certain ways about a prospect, but we wanted to see what it looks like, looked like under the lights um, with the just physical development. You know, again, these are these are teenagers. You can take a major step forward, and and the senior seasons are so important. So for us, you know, it's I wouldn't call it a tweak. I wouldn't call it an overhaul. But there are a lot of changes. I think we have close to thirty new names and are in the top two, four, seven. We're gonna have some new five star prospects, um, but there's still gonna be movement after this, right? There's gonna be at least two more updates. We're gonna have one right before the early signing period, and then after the All Star games, so that's the All American Bowl, the Under Armour All America game, Alabama, Mississippi, uh, the Shrine Bowl the poly bowl. We're going to have another update after that, as we finalize things and put a bow on this class. So there's a lot of movement. Um, I would caution readers, listeners, subscribers, fans, recruiting nuts, you know, just because a guy didn't move doesn't mean maybe we flagged him, but we know, Hey, we're going to see this guy in this setting at some point, And then we're going to make a decision on a kid. I mean, this is a big prospect pool. We went through the top two, four, seven. We audited recruiting classes. We've been out on the road, Coop. I mean, we've watched game after game after game. Um, so it's a lot of hard work that went into this. Is it? Is it a final product? No, but I'm feeling good about it. And that might not have been the case if you had asked me that question Tuesday morning at this time. Well, we're glad to hear that. Just a reminder, before we get into the conversation, you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple included. All right, Drew, let's start at the top, the number one spot. Right now, Dylan Raiola holds the number one spot, quarterback out of Buford by way of Texas, by way of Arizona, now by way of Georgia, committed to Kirby Smart in the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs, not only on the field, but in the 2024-24-7 sports composite team rankings as well. The challenger, Jeremiah Smith, drew the number two player in the country. You call a generational talent. I'm right there with you. This guy out of Chaminade, Madonna, has been on a tear. 52 receptions as a senior for 781 yards. If you want to get a good feel for Jeremiah Smith, turn on the game against Bergen Catholic this year. He had 17 catches for 300 and 21 yards. So we'll talk about him in a second. But Drew, I, w- I want to start with Dylan Raiola. I think I don't want to say some question marks, but this was a big opportunity for him this year in a new setting where the competition you knew was going to be played at a high level in Georgia football. He has responded with a 6-0 and season as a senior, completing over 65% of his passes with over 1,300 yards passing. The stat I like the most, 14 touchdowns, no interceptions. He's taking care of the football Drew, I love the offense he's playing uh, playing in at Buford. I think it fits him to a T. You see a lot of play action. He's very nimble in the pocket. I don't think we give him enough credit for the type of athlete he is in terms of extending plays with his feet. The other thing, Drew, that has uh, been very clear for me to see, I think he's one of the best deep ball throwers I've seen in the last four to five years. I was trying to think of another guy that kind of came to mind, but Dylan Raiola, in terms of how he plays in the deep third, has been pretty special. Drew, for me, you know, one-liner, this is what I wanted to see from him. He's, he's been just as advertised. I wanted to see a guy that could, would, would go out as a senior at Buford that had some question marks going into the season and say, 
you know what? I belong in this conversation. And for me, I feel like he's checked those boxes. I would echo all of that, Cooper. I think his pocket awareness, that internal internal clock, the ability to extend plays is is pretty unique when we look at these these signal callers. Just how he feels it, and he's doing it out of a pro style system. I mean, Buford, you know, it's not spread it out a, a bunch of empty sets. You know, they, they run twenty one personnel. Um, tight ends, running backs, they want to run the football. And I wrote it coming out of when I his opener against St. Francis Academy, which was a a loaded team. Like I I this is what I wanted to see from Dylan. And since then, you know, five games since, he's only picked it up. I think what's notable is his interception rate now over 30 games is one interception per every 74.3 pass attempts. I mean he's taking care of the football, right? And he'll take his shots down the field, but he's oftentimes putting that ball where his guys can get it. So I think it's been an excellent senior season for him. Um, but Jeremiah Smith, I mean, if we're going to go behind the scenes here, he was a, 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 has been a big talking point, I think for us at, at 24 seven sports, you said generational talent. Okay. I mean, I think he's the best receiver that I have seen in all my years doing this and, and scouting. And that's down in, South Florida. I mean, just eyes on. And he's a guy I think we've picked apart and, and tried to find some some holes in his game just because he's been on the scene for so long. And then every time you turn on the tape, you stand on the sidelines, he does something where it's like, wow, okay. Um, and, and these two prospects, I mean, we've talked about him so much. And, you know, what goes into this number one spot? I think that's that's a great question. I, I think the hesitation with Jeremiah Smith is the NFL draft for us is kind of the compass, right? That is what steers the ship in this rankings process. And there hasn't been a wide receiver selected number one overall since Keyshawn Johnson to the New York Jets back in 1996. There's only been three ever that have gone number one overall. Now, I do think wide receivers are coming off the board even more in the NFL draft earlier over the past four years, 21 wide receivers have gone in the first round. Jamar Chase, the highest at number five overall. So that's kind of the hesitation with, with Jeremiah Smith, right? Is he going to be a number one pick? I don't know. But I, I, I think we feel as he is the safest option out of anyone in the top 10 to potentially go in the top 10 one day. What's pretty interesting about this conversation and this hypothetical conversation, Drew, you brought up a good point. Over the last four years, 21 receivers have been picked in the first round. Jamar Chase is the highest out of that group. He went at number five. And then I think Jalen Waddle went two picks later, right, to the Miami Dolphins. No, he went Dolphins. six. Went six, one pick later. To me, if, if, if there were betting odds on this right now on Jeremiah Smith in terms of where you would think he were to get selected, I would feel pretty comfortable placing a bet on Jeremiah Smith getting selected as a top five draft choice. And that says so much about him. I mean, think about Marvin Harrison Jr., the conversations about him, kind of similar, right, in terms of what we've heard about his draft stock and, and, and uh, generational talent has kind of been thrown around with him. I want to be cautious not to throw that around a lot. But here's the thing with Jeremiah Smith. Drew, I don't know how you cover him. Between the size, the speed, 
the ability to get in and out of breaks. He's extremely sudden. He plays with very, uh, very little wasted motion. And then on top of that, the ball skills, the concentration, and the run-after catch ability and the 50-50 pass catching ability are all elite. You know, that game against Bergen Catholic, not only from a production standpoint, I think anytime you have 17 receptions for 321 yards, it says a lot. But going into the game where Bergen Catholic is a formidable program that knows that this is the best player on the field and to still be able to do that, they threw multiple bodies at him. They bracketed him, and they had no answer for him at the end of the day. And the other thing I love about Jeremiah Smith, the motor runs hot. He always plays fast. There's no plays taken off. This is a guy that you can tell loves football from the way that he plays the game. So I think he checks a lot of boxes. And I'm with you uh, in, in terms of that conversation. I think it's hard to project just based off of the data that we have. Only three receivers have ever gone number one in the NFL draft. But Jeremiah Smith is special. And I think he's in a lane of his own. And I think, Drew, to me, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, this is a guy three to four years later, he's in that conversation the same way we're having that conversation right now. And the other thing about him that I think you feel good about, the, the balance of ceilings and floors with him, right? The ceiling is ultimately, hey, this guy is that special that one day we potentially believe he could be a number one draft choice. And the floor for him is what? Top 10, top 12, right, for me? And that might even be a little bit too cautious there. So special, special player. And I think we need to add, right, whoever settles in as number one on Thursday when the rankings come out, I don't think the conversation is over. I think the All-Star games will be big, and I think it will will continue to talk about it. I mean, and, and the two guys at the top right now, Riola, Smith, I mean – someone else could very well insert themselves into that conversation over the next couple of months. All right, Drew, changing gears here, getting out of the, the number one spot in the challenge uh, and potentially what happens there between Dylan Raiola and Jeremiah Smith. That will, will be something I'm sure everybody uh, will turn their attention to here shortly. Drew, I want to highlight a couple names. You and I kind of talked about this in, in pre-production, but a couple names that I think um, – if you listen to this show, people can kind of pick up the breadcrumbs a little bit of, or who are some names that are working their way into the five-star conversation. I want to preface that by saying that they have played well enough. They have checked the boxes in terms of what we think that could potentially be of a top 32 caliber. So that doesn't mean necessarily that these guys are moving into the top 32 tomorrow, but these are guys that have been vetted uh, over the last couple months in the first five, six games of their high school season. Let's start at the top, man, L.J. McCray. That's kind of been the household name, right, Drew, down in Florida, and a guy that his stock continues to kind of go through the roof, not only internally here at 24-7 Sports, but on the recruiting trail as well. He is more than likely, uh, I would say, probably the most sought-out, uncommitted prospect in all of high school football right now. you got Florida, Miami, Georgia, handful of others battling for L.J. McCray. Drew, you've kind of championed him for a while, uh, have him sitting at number 37 in the rankings. You got to see him early on in the season. What were the returns of what you saw of L.J. McCray and I guess your expectation going into this season and what you've seen so far? Well, he's he's up the production. And 
from a measurable standpoint, it's all there, right? Over six foot six, 81.4 inch wingspan, long arms, you know, impressive shuttle time, 110 in the broad jump. I mean, he checks all those boxes, but just three sacks as a senior over the course of 15 games, it's like, how, do, how does a guy with this, this clay not get after the quarterback more? And he looks like a completely different player here as a senior. I've seen him twice in the past six months play. We've watched the games. I and mean, we've, we've talked a ton about LJ McCray. I, I signaled after the most recent trip to go see him that he's going to be a five-star for us. And, and he is. Like, I mean, LJ McCray is going to be in the 32 on Thursday. Uh, recruitment is fascinating. We've talked about that. Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Miami, FSU all in there. I think a decision could come this weekend. He's he's tossed out, I think, October 14th as a date, or maybe maybe it's the 18th. I I could have that, that mixed up, but he creates pressure on almost every snap, and I think he's got one of the highest ceilings in this class. Now, he's going to need some time. He's going to need some refinement, but when you want to talk about a guy that, you know, could be <laughs> selected early on one day – L.J. McCray is that. Why you watch the senior tape, right? Like, you, you knew the clay was special. Let me go back. Six foot six and a half, two, 260-plus. This was in the spring of, of this year in, in Orlando at an Under Armour camp. 81-plus inch wing, 35-inch arms, so on and so forth. Uh, verified athlete, right? I think Drew, the thing with him, since we've been evaluating with him, I think two years ago he was playing tight end. Right. So this is a relatively new position for him. He has grown into it and you have seen him take that leap from his junior to his senior year. You mentioned the fact that he only had three sacks as a junior through five games this season. He's got seven. Right. So he's on a really, really good pace here as a senior. And the thing is, when you watch the tape, the tape pops. And Drew, I will say this. He is one of those physically gifted athletes that is in the rarefied lane of like he's still learning picking up the game but he can still give you some impact snaps as a freshman right and that's what we would expect of a player of his caliber so drew i gotta ask i mean just as a friend i'm genuinely curious um potentially you set a decision from mccray let's say soonish what's it like and i'm not even telling you like from a scoop standpoint is there is there do you have a gut feeling at all I've been asked this question a lot, and I think people don't realize I'm not like the scoop guy. Um, well, that's why I Florida State it this way. Yeah, I, I, I think Florida State. You know, they've been on him the longest. I think Florida State's. I don't know. Like if I had to go to the, go to the window and pick a ticket, but then again, Georgia, right? They've done an excellent job with him, and if they add him to that class, given what they've done the past few cycles, I mean, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches. Talk about the rich getting richer there. So LJ McCray, certainly a name to watch over the next couple of weeks. We'll see what happens with him as a decision uh, continues to near for his process. All right, Drew, the next guy, a guy that we have just really enjoyed watching as a senior, that is DJ Lagway, Florida commit. I know a lot of Gators fans who are listening to this podcast. Happy to hear that. They know, he is having a great season, but let's go over the numbers. 7-0 and record, which for him, there's some significance there. We'll go over that in a second. Completing 75% of his passes, almost 76%. He's at 75.7. He has over 2,300 yards passing, 
36 touchdowns through the air, only four INTs. He's also ran for over 340 yards, averaging 8.2 yards per carry. He's got five touchdowns on the ground as well. Drew, you know, we talk about ascending players, and DJ Lagway is one of those guys. He has gone over the last three years as a sophomore from 55% completion rate to 67% completion rate to 75% completion rate. Those aren't like incremental jumps, right? We're seeing leaps in terms of the player. And I think from a cognitive ability and from a rep standpoint, this is why you like these guys to play a lot of football, right? We, we've had the conversation of the reclass and is it, does it benefit the player to go to school a year early and get acclimated with the environment? This is the benefit. I think you're seeing that with DJ Lagway being in school for three years. This is a guy that needs the reps and Drew – he didn't have a great Elite 11. He was up and down. You saw flashes of the arm talent. You know what he can do physically. But in terms of consistency, there were a lot of question marks about DJ Lagway heading out of that event. End of the season, to me, it's a good reminder of, at the end of the day, the 11 on 11, on 11 is the baseline. And when you pop on the tape, I think he is arguably, if not, just the standalone best playmaking quarterback in the class. His ability to extend plays, he is strong in the pocket, he can play off plat platform, and then he gives you that dynamic as a runner as well. I love the fact that he has just continued to get better and better and better, and I don't even think he's scratching the surface of what he's going to be. You even brought up, I mean, just the, the frame and the size, 6'3", 230 pounds, Sub four seven in the forty yard dash, you know thirty inch thirty point nine inch vertical jump. I mean, he is a a freak athlete. He was on the freaks list. And Coop, the completion percentage is impressive. The trajectory you gave, what was it, fifty, sixty, seventy? I also think what's notable, yards per attempt here as a senior, thirteen point eleven, means he's pushing the ball down the field. It's not a bunch of checkdowns, right? He is attacking the second and third level of defenses. Um, I, I'm a big fan. I mean, he's he, he's right behind Dylan as 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 my, I think, second highest graded quarterback personally. And just that's all because of what he could be at some point down the line. Love the baseball background. I mean, go to the 2023 NFL draft. C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, both decorated multi-sport athletes or, you know, guys that played basketball, flagway, baseball player. Uh, it's been an impressive senior campaign for him, and I, you know, I'm glad we never, never really bailed on him because I think we've always been a fan. I love the clay, but I like, I like what's between the ears too. I mean, you have a conversation with him the way he kind of handles himself. He takes it in stride. I mean, I think the biggest thing is says a lot about the fact that he's gotten better and better. You know, he hadn't plateaued. This is a guy who's put in a lot of work to get to where he is. So DJ Lagway, balling out. As a senior, no other way to say it there. All right, Drew, let's talk about our guy. Tight end Luke Reynolds, Penn State commit out of Cheshire Academy in Connecticut through three games. The stats don't pop. 18 receptions, 332 yards, 17 tackles on defense. I think that's the part that we love. One interception as well. Wait, wait, wait. The stats don't pop? <laughs> that's three games of... Three games of work, That's man. three games. I'm sorry. I thought we were at the five or six game uh, waypoint there. And they should pop in the fact when you consider the fact that, all right, this guy's 6'4 and a quarter, 220 pounds. 
He's got four, five, six on the laser, four, two, nine as well. He is kind of just, he's been the apple of our eye, Drew. He's kind of won us over from the very beginning. You know, and this is a guy that I think from the first time we got some verified measurables, you go back to the tape, you marry that up, you really like that. And from the beginning, I said he kind of reminded me of a, I, I would say a more robust version of Luke Schoonmaker, who played his ball in Connecticut. We recruited at Michigan back in, in 2018, that cycle, second round pick of the Dallas Cowboys this past cycle. But Drew, you watch this guy, he can do everything. You know, you can split him out. Very natural as receivers, got run after catch ability. In line ability, I think that's the one point uh, of context where I don't think that that's a huge concern or question mark. There's just not a lot of on-field context to him doing that. Here's the other thing that makes me feel better about that. People out there might be listening and say, how do you, how do you not have concerns about an inline wide tight end that doesn't block? Well, the defensive tape. Absolute headhunter, physical at the point of attack, uh, and this is a guy that plays very violent. So I just think that's something they haven't asked him to do. I think Penn State's got a jewel here. I, I think this guy uh, has potential uh, to really develop and blossom into, uh, in, into one day, a day one, or a very high day two NFL draft choice. Cooper, you said it a few weeks ago, right? If we're going to have a tight end inside the 32, this guy's got to be special. He's got to check off boxes, and I think what has pushed him in that category is exactly what you brought up. Put on the defensive tape, and it's like, okay, you're going to tell me this guy doesn't want to block? Like, you see him exploding through ball carriers. You know it's in the in the system. And then just, just the overall profile. I mean, digging into the, the tight ends drafted in, in 2023, you know, all 16 of them over six foot three. That is a, a key, key threshold you need to meet, right? All of them played mul- multiple sports in, in, in high school and oftentimes at a high level. Luke, basketball player. There's footage of him out there dunking. Um, he's just an all-around athlete. We loved him at the Elite 11 Finals. Like I think that was kind of like our first real introduction. I mean, what, what, he caught 23 passes during seven-on-seven play. Andy's a former quarterback, right? A lot of these tight ends as well are playing other positions. Sam Laporta, who's having a heck of a rookie season for the Detroit Lions. Go back and you dig in on him, like wide receiver, defensive back, basketball player, third-team All-State. A lot of similarities just in terms of the -the off-the-field profile. What's funny about, to give some context to the Elite 11 performance for Luke Reynolds, that's a quarterback setting. Luke Reynolds was just there working out. You know, they they brought some skill guys from all over the country. I think they're trying to beef up kind of what the supporting cast looks like for these quarterbacks in that setting. But he was all over. It was hard not to notice him, right? You just kept looking up being like, who is who is that? Who is that guy? And then it was Luke Reynolds pretty much every time. So that's a guy who's been a fan favorite, I think, of Andrew and ours for a while. The senior tape has checked out. If you're a Penn State fan, that's the guy I would have circled. I I would be pretty excited about Luke Reynolds and what he can do for that offense. Passion, drive, and patience. 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, Drew, next up, offensive tackle Jordan Seaton. This is a guy, another name out there that's been getting a lot of run. Uh, one of the most sought-after, uncommitted prospects in the cycle. Deion Sanders, Colorado in there, Alabama, thought to be the favorite at one time. We'll see what happens with him. You talked about it on the show last week. It just kind of seems like his recruitment is just now starting. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch. The only measurements we got on Seton out of IMG Academy, this was two years ago. Six four and a half, three hundred and thirty pounds, eighty-two inch wingspan, and six one four shuttle, or excuse me, six one four forty five seven two shuttle, and a fifteen plus inch vert. Those numbers certainly do not pop. That being said, two years ago was a long time. If you have seen Jordan Seaton since then, has completely transformed his body. And I think going down to IMG in Bradenton, Florida, working out with that staff, and obviously that strength conditioning staff has done wonders for him not only with his body and his transformation there, but from a mentality standpoint as well. Drew, I got to see him first week of the season against Lipscomb Academy right here in Nashville. He's nasty, and he's got everything you want. And, you know, we've had him listed as an interior offensive lineman. I think you've brought up the point, like, this is one of those guys that you could see as play multiple positions, right? Wouldn't be surprised if he played left tackle. Wouldn't be surprised if he played oppo. Wouldn't be surprised if he kicked in. Right, It just kind of depends on the scheme, the surrounding talent you have around him. Can do a little bit of everything. But in terms of physically imposing offensive linemen that have the rare traits, Jordan Seaton, you know, you can talk about that. But the tape this year in terms of that unit, I think has been some of the best. Again, right, senior evaluations. I remember seeing him when he was at, I think, St. John's there in D.C. You know, couldn't even get down into his stance as an underclassman and and it's funny because I, I looked up those numbers because I wanted to see what he weighed. I think the guys at IMG say he's around 275 pounds now. And uh, Seton had that infamous quote coming out of 
IMG spring scrimmage about how he ate one meal a day and was was running a mile or something like that. I, who knows what's true? I mean, the transformation is there, and again, not not to beat this into the ground, but I think he's one of the few guys in this cycle that could play left tackle at the Power Five level. So, um, he's been a favorite of us. I think what he has done at IMG this season has been impressive. IMG played a bunch of games early on had a couple bye weeks so nothing really new in that department but from what we saw kind of early on in the year it's easy to see why all these schools are getting involved what what did steve wilfong say on on cover three like he he mentioned tennessee with jordan seaton oregon with jordan seaton jordan seaton just took an official visit to florida i think someone told me he was hanging out with dj lagway the entire time there inside the swamp he's enjoying it man because i've heard my like Miami would love to be involved. Like I think everyone wants to be involved with Jordan Seaton. That's good. That that more than likely means Jordan Seaton is going to be well taken care of uh, in in terms of the NIL game. The other thing is, Drew, correct me if I'm wrong here. IMG has been looking for opponents, right? So his weekends have been open somewhat. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's what I always I always tell people. Like you got to see IMG early on in the year. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, they have these games lined up, and then people just don't really want to play them. I mean, there was talk of IMG almost played Bishop Gorman. That that fell through at the last second. I think they have a – last weekend they played Bartram Trail out of Jacksonville. I, I don't know if they, if they have anyone on the schedule now, but it's – I don't know. Having been located in the Sunshine State, that's a trend I've, I've quickly picked up on. It's got to be one of your first stops – because you don't know what it's going to look like in October and November. I mean, it's got to be tough for the team, right? Not knowing who you're going to play the next week or not knowing if you're going to play at all, right? Just keeping those yeah. guys focused. All right, Drew, two more names here. Luke Cromenhawk, Florida State commit. This has been a guy that we've had our eyes on for a long time. As a senior at Benedictine Christian, 7-0, and has completed over 58% of his passing attempts, has thrown for over 1,000 yards, TDI, TD to INT ratio of 13 to 2. Yards per attempt at 8.1. He's been pretty he's been pretty interesting. I think Croman Hawk has kind of been the wild card who has kind of teetered on this five-star status uh, since the summer. I really liked what I saw from him at the Elite 11 this year. I think despite the record, he's done some really good things. For him to make the jump, I think you want to see a consistent level of play. And I, I still think that's out in front of Luke Cromanhawk. I like this player a lot. I got to be honest, when it comes to quarterbacks, he's the one guy that I feel like, all right, I got a good idea of this player. But in terms of what he's got left, in terms of physical development, I know he's got another gear there as well. He's the one guy I can't really pin down. You know, like it, he's just kind of, I don't know. I've, I've had a hard time just trying to figure out, all right, where does this guy kind of fit in the overall big picture? That being said, I'm talking about a top, what, 40 player in the country here. If you're a Florida State fan, you should be very excited, plus add in the fact that this was a very early eval for Mike Norvell and his staff, and a guy that's still, quite frankly, learning the position, right? So I think the more he plays, the better he's going to get. But I do think adjusting expectations – I don't think Luke Cromanhawk is going to be a guy that steps on foot in Tallahassee and is going to be ready-made, ready to go. Well, I think we love the tools, right? Tools, what he can do, how he throws the football, his frame. I mean, he can rip it. 
rip it, rip it, rip it. We saw that at the Elite 11 finals. We've seen it in person. I don't know. It seems seems as if a bit of a mixed bag here as a senior. I mean, his yards per attempt is, I think it's all the way down to like eight, eight point something, which is on the on the lower side. You watch the games. Offense is a little little funky, but the flashes are there, and I, I'm excited to see him at the All American Bowl in San Antonio. Like that, I, that is going to be a huge evaluation for him. Second year starter, right? Led his team to a state title last year. Played in 15 games, you know, seven games so far this season. You would expect him to. Uh, make another run in the playoffs. I, I, you know, I like, there's a lot to like with Luke and you, br- you bring up an interesting nugget, Mike Norvell. I mean, they took him before he'd even started a game and he's, he's considered one of the top quarterbacks in this cycle. That, that is a great evaluation. And that's a massive win for the Seminoles. Drew, I can't recall a quarterback evaluation that happened that early in the process that ended up working out as well as I think Luke Cromenhawk is going to work out for Florida State. It never typically works out that way. So you're saying like a guy who you take early and then usually you just kind of part ways? Yeah, or even that, or the guy gets to campus and you're like, man, we're kind of stuck with this guy. And you knew it, <laughs> you knew it halfway through the senior season, but it's like, you know, I got buyer's remorse, but how do we get out of this? It's fair. No one's coming to mind. All right, last one here. Joseph Jonah Ajane out of Texas, committed to Georgia. Looks like Georgia has done it again. Drew, I love this cat. I mean, this to me, like you turn on the tape in terms of the specs, in terms of where he is in his physical development, you add in the context that originally from Nigeria, he doesn't turn 17 until November 20th. He is extremely young, 6'3", 3 quarters, 255, position versatile, can play in multiple schemes. 82-plus inch wingspan, 35-and-a-half-inch arms, big old paws, too, 10-and-a-half-inch hands. Arrow pointing up, ascending player, love this guy, love his ability uh, to, to play uh, multiple positions on the defensive line. To me, Drew, he's one of those guys, like if you watch him from the first game of the season as a senior to where he is now in the middle of the season, he's gotten better and better every week. I think his read and react ability is key in diagnosability, even as a defensive lineman playing against RPOs has been really, really good. Biggest thing with him, super heavy-handed, can play in space and closes space quickly. Um, And this is a guy that you can tell he's just starting to figure it out, right? And I think the physical clay, where it is now, is going to take another step once he gets to Athens, gets in that strength conditioning program. And this is a guy I fully expect to be one of the household names there for Georgia's defensive line for three to four years. Can you imagine if they pair him with L.J. McCray? That would be something. I know Joseph's. I think he's kind of one of your favorites, right? He is. I, he would definitely be a guy that you know I'd be I'd be happy to uh, put my name on and ride with. <laughs> Buying stock? No, I, I think he's just only scratching the surface of what what he can be as he figures this stuff out. You know, what was it? Three sacks over the past four weeks. I think you'd like to see maybe a little bit more production uh, but then again this is a guy that's that's still kind of figuring it out figuring out life in america just a reminder you are listening to the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcast also make sure to leave a review if you have a question that is the place to do it 
All right, Drew, now we're going to talk about some guys that we have really, really liked and that have stood out throughout the, I would say, the auditing process for the top 247. We got three guys apiece. I'll let you start up top, and uh, I'm going to let you have the tee box and the first name that you got here. Not a surprise to me. <laughs> yeah, so these are risers for us guys that are going to be inside the top 247. List starts for me, Coy Perich, Minnesota safety commit uh had this guy on the freaks list i think he is a cooper dejean kind of clone and and the backgrounds are eerily similar both these guys from really small towns uh guys that have scored over a thousand career points on the hard win when they were in high school coy went 10 8 9 in the 100 meter dash in like sub 50 degree weather and why is that like notable I can't remember someone had brought it up at the player personnel symposium, but you look at these track times, not all track times are, are created equally, right? Different parts of the country, different conditions running that in, in cold weather is certainly notable, but Coy has long been one of my favorites. I think I first came across him back in March, kind of wanted to push him up the board. It was met with some resistance. And then here as a senior, I mean, 15 total touchdowns. He's got 10 rushing, three on defense. He's thrown for a touchdown. He's also had one in the return game. I thought it was funny because I I was pulling up his stats, Cooper, uh, and USC had offered him a scholarship, I think, like 10 days ago. It's only his 11th scholarship offer, uh, but this guy can play. One of my favorite kind of prospects here in the in the 2023 cycle. You can you can classify him as one of my guys. You think he sticks at Minnesota? I think so. Like PJ Fleck, they don't let those guys take visits. You know, they have a they have a pretty strong retention rate. That's true. Yeah, he's he's got a way of kind of strong arming his guys a little bit. But you know, USC come knocking. USC needs all the help they they can get defensively. I wonder if some others come as well. All right, that's a good one to start off with. Drew, I'm going to go with Nasir Johnson, already inside the top 247, committed to Florida defensive lineman out of Georgia. You talk about a Georgia profile in terms of what Georgia has had on the d- defensive line. It's Nasir Johnson, 6'5", 295, excellent background, track and field, shot put, discus. Reason I bring that up, heavy hands. The other thing I like about this kid, two-way snaps. See him as a two-eye defensively. Big old nose tackle, plays right guard on offense. I love this kid, you know, in terms of the physical makeup, in terms of what you see. I think it's very easy to see if you're in with if you're with me kind of in the foxhole like Andrew and Gabe Brooks and Hudson Standish, kind of what I have a liking for. Nasir Johnson, one of those guys, just a big physical ball of clay, Drew, that I get excited about. Like not going to be a year one return on investment type of guy, but I think by year two, this is the type of player that can like work himself into a day two conversation. And if you're Florida, man, like I get excited. Nasir Johnson, Amaris Williams, like they got a talented, talented bunch. It's almost thing with Florida. It's like you you're at the point where you kind of got to wait it out with Billy Napier because I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm just fascinated by the incoming talent that they have coming in. They've done an excellent job there. It just hasn't hadn't shown up on the field yet. Yeah, Gators got to hold on to those two defensive linemen, right? And they also had Micah Barreau in the boat. Uh, Nasir Johnson, he didn't bring up the fact that there's, like, footage of him doing a standing backflip at 300 pounds. Uh, I think the senior tape for him has been awesome. 
goes both ways. I think, you know, he doesn't have a ton in the tank, so he, he fades a little bit as games go on there at, at Dublin High School in Georgia. But the flashes are special. Uh, you know, one of the clips, we always, we always bring up Aiden Breland when he drops back into coverage, right? During his junior season, it kind of jumps up and, and tips a pass. Like Nasir Johnson had a similar moment in one of his games recently. I think that's a that's a great call there, Cooper. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of Nasir as well. All right, Drew, staying in the Big Ten. Who you got next? Got Josiah Edmond, uh, former Purdue commit, now committed to Michigan. This is a guy that's been on my radar ever since the National Combine. I don't I don't know if you remember him there in San Antonio. Worked out in the morning, I think, at, at wide receiver. And then in the afternoon session, he was with the defensive backs. I, I'm i a big fan. So I saw him there, saw him at the OT7 finals, saw him at the FBU Top Gun showcase. I think this is everything you're kind of looking for in a modern cornerback. Converted wide receiver. He's six foot one, 76.9-inch wingspan, 4'6", 5 in the 40, 31-inch vert, 111 broad. Um and why is all that important? You know, of the 36 corners drafted in 2023, 22 of those guys were over six foot. Not a single defensive back taken in the first two rounds was under five foot 11. Length is king. Josiah Edmond has it. I think he's going to need some time to to work on the transitions and the and the finer points. Um, but he can play. And in his tape as a senior in Indiana has been super impressive. And I, I just look at Michigan's defense, right, what they've been able to do this season. Uh, I think Josiah Edmonds just – just they're just adding more uh, in terms of impact guys on that back end. Nice profile fit for Michigan there. They just – yeah, they just kind of know who they are. They don't stray far from it at all. Steve Klinkscale doing a really good job over there. About Will Johnson, man, playing really well for Michigan. Shout out Chris Singletary, huge fan of Will Pick Johnson. Pick six. Pick six, yeah, last week. All right, Drew, I'm going to go with uh, Ethan Grunkemeyer, the quarterback, committed to Penn State. It kind of it blows my mind a little bit that Penn State, James Franklin, Mike Yurcich, the job that they've been able to do post-Drew Aller. You think that there would be a little bit of a void or a little bit of a drop-off there? obviously following up the number one quarterback in the cycle. Jackson Smolik last year from Iowa, late riser, a guy that really impressed at the Elite 11, formerly committed to Tulane. They dig him out. And then this year, they take Ethan Grunkemeyer, where I think he was just kind of a speck on our radar as a junior. Four and seven overall record this year so far, seven and one. And then the other thing about Ethan Grunkemeyer, Completion percentage as a junior, 62%. He's nearing 71% as a senior. He had a really, really kind of eye-opening performance in California at the Elite 11. Came out there, and it was just kind of like, whoa, who's this guy? Uh, and we kind of talked about C.J. Carr and some of these other guys maybe overthinking it a little bit. Ethan Grunkemeyer, in a, in a really positive way, was just letting it rip. Uh, super confident, super confident in his arm and what he's able to do on the football field. Drew, you turn on the tape. There's a lot to like about this kid, man. He throws seeds all over the field. He's got NFL arm talent, pocket guy. The other thing about him that I think has maybe surprised me a little bit this year, he's a good athlete. I mean, he's kind of in the mid-4.7s, but he moves around really well, can extend plays, keeps his eyes up. 
and he's super decisive. He does not hold, hold on to that ball, ball too long. I think Penn State's got something with Smolik, and I think they got something with this guy too. You know, like this is the type of dude that's got the NFL traits and the physical makeup. If he plays in the right system, that could really ascend up a board pretty quickly. And credit to credit to Penn State, James Franklin, Franklin, the job that they've done being able to attract these type of quarterbacks because the way that they are building the rest of the team, you need a guy under center that can lead you into the promised land. Like I said, I mean, I've said it three times in the last two minutes. I love what they got. I think their quarterback lineage there over the next couple of years is set up for success. Were we calling him Grunk? Baby Out Grunk. At the Elite, baby Grunk? Baby uh, Grunk. Yeah, his spray chart here as a senior might might be the best of the bunch. I mean, he rips it. Or what you said, seed? Throwing seeds. What about a pill? Just chucking pills. <laughs> Whatever you I want. I mean, over the middle. Yeah, <laughs> just dig up any term you want. Yeah, I, you brought up he's a he's a better athlete than he probably gets credit for. I, I think the the pocket awareness, savviness in there, is it also jumps out on the senior tape. Uh, glad you brought him up, Cooper. And it's been it's been fun to watch his his rise over over the years, like. I think coming out of this junior season, he had two Mac offers. Look at him now. You know what fires me up? Same thing it did with DJ Lagway is flipping the win-loss record. I think that means a lot, right? When you got a guy, and we saw that with DJ Lagway. What was Lagway's record last year? It was 10-10 and 10 coming into this season. There you go. So he's been a 500 guy, right? And Willis off to a great start this year, same with Ethan Grunkemeyer as well. Drew, how about this? Let's stay in the Big Ten with Washington. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a talking point for us, right? Washington is 16-2 and two over the past two seasons. They are firmly in the college football playoff conversation. You have documented this and continue to bring it up. Where are the results on the recruiting trail? And tip of the cap here to Hudson Standish, who kind of flagged Noah Carter as we audited the Pac-12, edge rusher out of Arizona. Wish I had this guy on my freaks list because he's kind of a freak. Nickname is Money Man. Love it. Um, two uh, over 300 receiving yards, 37 tackles, two sacks. I think this guy's got juice off the edge, and I think he's the guy I get excited about in that Washington class. UW right now, number 45 class in the country. We've talked about that. I think we talked about that two weeks ago when we were talking about, just call it what it is, disappointing classes. UW, I got a lot of love for UW. I got a lot of love for Kalen DeBoer, a lot of respect for him and his staff. Drew, I got my eyes on that, you know? I mean, the guys that they have right now, Penix is plus 200 to win the Heisman, right? He's had a sensational year, beautiful fit in that offense. Roma Dunze working his way up into a day one draft pick. Jalen McMillan probably going to be a day two guy. Jalen Polk has balled out for them. Fatanu on the offensive line. Roger Rosengarten. They're going to lose a lot. Braylon Trice, too. Edge rusher, probably a day two guy. So I just wonder, all right, how are they backfilling this this caliber of talent? That's kind of what's going on in the back of my mind. Something to, something to uh, continue to think about there for UW. Drew, 
this guy got put on my radar by either you or one of the other guys. Darian Mayo committed to Clemson out of the DMV. Six, eight and a quarter, 250 pounds, six foot 10 plus wingspan, 36 and a half inch arms. Drew, I love this kid. I mean, it's been two days since I met him uh, in terms of getting my eyes on the tape, but I'm in love. Uh, you look at the physical clay, you look at the length, it's hard to find guys with that type of size that can move the way that Darian Mayo does in terms of the knee bend, the flexibility around the edge. That would be one thing. I love the shock in his hands. I think he's a proactive guy. I don't think this guy is soft. I like his ability to play the run. I think he can, he can make run and chase plays laterally as well. And I think the upside as a pass rusher is there. Now he's playing in a two-point stance off the edge right now and he looks completely comfortable. I mean, how many guys can you say that about at his size? I think at Clemson, he's going to play with his hand in the ground. This was a beautiful evaluation by Clemson. I know how much uh, flack they have been taking for everything that they do from a recruiting standpoint. But I love this evaluation by Oyster Boys defensive line coach Nick Eason, who continues to stockpile his defensive line room Drew, this guy, you, you said it, kind of reminds us a little bit of Cameron James, who Florida signed uh, out of Orlando in the last cycle. I think this cat might have more juice. I know it's early, um, but from what I've watched, this dude, I turn on the tape, I get really, really excited. I get fired up about him as well. I mean, I've, I've watched a few good council games, loaded defense, and he's, he's where, my, where my eyes continue to go. They played Orlando Jones early on in the year. I think he had three sacks, a forced fumble. Uh, kind of like with LJ McCray, this big bodied frame guy. You want to see a little bit more, and we're seeing it as a senior. I remember being at the Under Armour camp in Baltimore back in May. Did not know much about Mayo. And I'm like, who is this? Because he is the biggest guy on the field from a specs standpoint. I thought he did well there as turned it on and you, you brought up Clemson in that D-line room. I mean, stacking him after taking T.J. Parker, Peter Woods. Vic Burley. <laughs> yeah. Ojegby, you know. Yeah. And uh, one more. Defensive lineman, uh, Stephylin Green, right? Yep. Yeah. They're in good hands over there, man. I like what they're doing. Um, all right, Drew, let's end it. Last segment here. Schools that we like slash love slash are a little bit more bullish on. I like that topic. I would I would probably, correct me if I'm wrong here, I would just say maybe some schools that we haven't talked about as much, right? Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think the topic here is, or the question is, anyone you're, you're excited about their class now that you've watched a bunch of senior tape, right? Maybe someone we haven't, we haven't shown some love. I'll start it off. I'm going to go with Notre Dame, and I know it's a top 10 ranked class. But I think there's not fatigue, but we haven't talked about it enough. C.J. Carr, quarterback, or quarterback commit. I mean, 7-0 as a senior here, completing over 70% of his passes, 17 TDs against four interceptions. I'm a, I'm a big C.J. Carr fan, another guy we're going to get in the All-American Bowl. Um, but they had some risers in this update. Bryce Young goes from outside the top 247 into the top 100 pass rusher out of North Carolina. Dad was a legendary NFL player. 
I mean, you could see him having a ton of success in South Bend or really anywhere he went. Kedron Young running back, another guy outside the top 247 in, into the top, I think, 100. I mean, we'll see where he ends up. Notre Dame has, currently has a staple of running backs. I mean, they're getting another good one. Gabe Brooks, our guy in Texas, has pounded the table for Kedron Young. Gerby Lambert, offensive tackle, they just recently picked up a commitment from, got a chance to see him play in South Florida, you know, I think he's he's got a ton of developmental upside, some some rare athletic traits. So I don't know. We just haven't really talked much about Notre Dame. I like this recruiting class for Marcus Freeman, and I think there's some some difference makers in that group. What do you think the pulse is on Notre Dame right now? It's like a Notre Dame fan. I I know there are a lot of expectations coming into the season with Sam Hartman, obviously coming over from Wake Forest. I'm optimistic I, in this team. Like I like going forward. I like I, I like the long term outlook, especially what they've done at the quarterback position. I think, you know, in Jelly, I'm gonna reserve judgment there, but I like Kenny Minchie. I like CJ Carr. They got Deuce Knight in two thousand twenty five. I think they've done a really good job on the offensive line. Biggest question mark, Drew, I probably have is not even running back, but probably receiver. Are they dynamic enough there? You know, and I know they got two young guys they like in Rico. Rico Flores and Jaden Greathouse. Um, I feel like Marcus Freeman has done a good job upgrading the talent composition of this roster. What raising the blue chip ratio? <laughs> well, for sure. I mean, I just think they're 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 incrementally improving, right? And I think he he came into a difficult situation. Year one was obviously tough. Nothing about Notre Dame. You could tell me that they'd have two losses right now, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, the Ohio yeah. State game was a 50-50 game, and the, and the Louisville game, we talked about it. I mean, three straight primetime games. Duke ends up being a lot more of a tougher out than you would ever think. And then you get a 5-0 and Louisville team that's playing a primetime game for the first time in a long time, right? So, I don't know. I think it's been more circumstantial than anything. It's not like I'm selling stock on Notre Dame at all. Agree. I think a lot of people are disappointed just like with Billy Napier, though. Got to give him some time. For sure. All right, Drew, I, I kind of got two teams here, and I'll, I'll make it quick. Tennessee sitting at number nine in the recruiting rankings and Ole Miss sitting at number 21. I'll, I'll start with Tennessee. Talk about teams that just continue to kind of get a little bit better year in and year out on the recruiting trail. Now you're talking about Tennessee in the top ten, and we don't even really blink at that, right? Jordan Ross, five-star pass rusher from Alabama. Mike Matthews from Georgia. I like that for Tennessee. Like, for Tennessee to be able to go into Alabama to get a guy like Jordan Ross and to go into Georgia and get a guy like Mike Matthews says a lot about where Tennessee's brand is right now under Josh Heupel. And the other thing is, is I don't know where they end up this year, but I think next year, Drew, with a young and inexperienced Nico Iamilieva, it's going to be a really fun team. Uh, I like their long-term outlook couple other guys, Blake Ivey, really like that addition on the offensive line. I love the developmental upside there. Braylon Staley, another guy that fits them really well, can play him inside out. You think of the tools that they are going to have at the receiver position. They are really, really well stocked there. Caleb Beasley, Drew, who I think we have just categorized as a good football player. Is he going to be a corner long-term? I don't know. But in terms of long-term outlook, 
I kind of like the safety. You know, speed's been a little bit of a concern, but in terms of the instincts, nine INTs as a junior, he just kind of shows up when you watch him on tape. Another guy that you can move around in the secondary, Boo Carter, right? A lot of love for him. And Jake Merklinger, the guy that will just not go away. He's had a really good senior season at Calvary Christian. Um, and then another guy I want to give uh, a little bit of love to, Ed Spillman. Got to see him at, at Lips, Lipscomb this year against IMG, as I mentioned earlier. All over the field, instinctive guy, super high floor. I think he's going to be a playmaker for the Vols defense. So excited about him. And then, Drew, with the Rebs, I mean, listen, their defense might not be there yet, but you think about what they've added defensively. Marion Franklin up front, Jeffrey Rush, Cameron Beavers, Will Eccles, uh, a guy that we really, really like, two-way standout. And then Norrell White, really good player, decommitted from Arkansas now in the boat for Ole Miss. And Trevor Jackson, I have no idea what happens with Trevor <laughs> Jackson. But I love the idea of Ole Miss taking Trevor Jackson, right? Like, to me, it makes sense. If there's one place Trevor Jackson's going to work, it's in, it's in Oxford. Right. And the fact that Trevor Jackson is not going to have this short term pressure to go play, I even like that anymore. So, um, yeah, Tennessee, Ole Miss, two teams that I that I like there. Hey, don't don't throw shade at my guy, Jake Merklinger. Forty five career starts. It's the most in the class. There's no shade there. <laughs> There's no shade there. All right, Drew, any uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, man. Just another rankings update with more to come. Yeah, that's right. We got two more updates for the class of 2024. And a quick reminder, if you are a fan of the show, we are two times a week now. We are not three times a week. There will be no Thursday episode. So just Tuesday and Wednesday. If you try to tune in tomorrow and there's not an episode there, that is why. So the Oyster Boys will go from three times a week to two times a week. That started this week. I got to say, Drew, I love getting on the on the mic with you three times a week, but going to two times a week, I'm looking forward to that as well. <laughs> Make sure to tune in to 24-7 Sports Midday. That's what we're calling it, Midday tomorrow for the 2024 Top 247 Update. And for Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivins, I'm Cooper Patagna. We'll see you next week. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.